You're listening to a Rock Candy podcast. Hey guys, my name is Matt Langston. I am a music producer, a mix engineer, and an avid unicorn enthusiast. And I would like to invite you over to my podcast, Eleven D Life. On Eleven D Life, we get to talk to your favorite artists, producers, and creators about what makes them tick. We take deep dives into where they get their juiciest inspirations from and how they keep from being cynical about all of it. We even get to pull back the curtain on my band, Eleven D Seven, and share some fun insider tips and tricks for our fellow. Bandmates and creators out there. So be sure to check out Eleventy Life right here on the Rock Candy Podcast Network and wherever you get your favorite shows. Hello, everybody, friends, neighbors, enemies, stalkers. I'm Reese Roper, one of your hosts here at Joe and Reese's Pickle and Boost Shop, a diabolical brainwashing machine. First off in this disclaimer section, I'd like to apologize for not using the following names for this episode. I feel ouchy inside, and should we tell Reese that he's gay? Joe, in this episode, claims that he's had the only real COVID, and the rest of us haven't. We talk about a phone call that we then don't talk about. I claim to have the penis of a 12-year-old girl. What is the statute of limitations on wiener showing? Anyway, we can't at all get through our album list which is what this show is about. Us and our complete narcissism of telling you our favorite albums of all time. And immediately, almost in doing this, I break the rules. Anyway, Pickle and Boot Shop, we hope you hate it! Joey Reason, Pickle and Boot Shop! Get yourself a pickle! Get yourself a boot! Joey Reason, Dang thing, it switches off. Hang on. Mic default. Hey. Hey. Is that good? Wait, this one's better. Hey, how's that? That's good. Good. Okay. I can't find my coffee. Great, Scott. Hang on.
trying to hang up these. I think it was a bad purchase, but I bought these gigantic kind of tarp-like curtains. Uh-huh. To put, like, to divide this room up. So sound better in here, but mostly so that heat would stay in here because I'm always freezing my ass off. <coughs> okay. What are, we, what are we talking about? Uh, we're doing our top 20. Oh, we are? Yeah. You're like, oh, I didn't make the list. Fucking hell. No, I did. Okay. I did I did what I was told. But let's clap. Oh, let's, let's get, get the clap. clap. Okay. Three, two, one. All right. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Pickle and Boot Shop. This is your host. Chip and the Buzzsaw, coming to you live. Chip and the Buzzsaw. Tuscaloosa, 96.3. Live. I can't. It's 10 in the morning, Joe. It's 10 in the morning, everybody. We decided, I decided after having a couple of drinks last night that um, recording at 10 in the morning would be a good idea. Is it, how is it? How does it feel? I feel ouchy inside. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of this. Uh, I will I will say this. So get this. I'm guessing rules are the same. Well, who knows at this point? But as far as COVID, my niece, whom I live with, uh-huh. got COVID. So because she has COVID, obviously she's home from school. Okay. She's a senior. She's a senior in high school. Her and Ella, my oldest, they're in the same grade. Okay. At the same school. So, I happen to work at that school as well. As a because roofer. I do, yeah. I do lots of roofing. I'm their in-house roofer. Okay. So get this. So Louisa gets COVID. So due to school rules. I, because I live with her, I have to be out. I can't go into the school. I can't set foot in the school. Yeah. For 10 days. Unless I can I can isolate myself from her. And then if I can isolate myself from her, I just can't go for five days. You know, I, I you know, five days can't go to can't go to work there. So you're on the honor system. Yeah, and well, that's so weird. then, so then, so that's over 18. If you're under 18, you're fine. So Ella what? and Mia, who go to the same school, they're under 18 and they're vaccinated, so they can go back to school like it's no thing. That's... So we we all live under the same house. Yeah. We all live under the same roof. I can't return to work until Tuesday. And the girls have been able to continue going to school, continue going to cheer practice. And so since I can't be gone in for 10 days, like I don't want to be gone for 10 days. So, so you get I paid for the time off? Uh, yeah, it's it's not um, time off. Like I just can't be in the school. So like I can still work. Oh. I just work at at the the our offices. The, the other roofing Areas. The roofing office, the uh-huh. headquarters of the the roofing business, is That's where I, I. So I'm just like at, at my in my office there. 
so I can't goofy. go into school. It is. So yeah. be, so to make it so I can go back to the school uh, this Tuesday, I've been I've isolated myself from Louisa at Heidi's house. So okay. I'm I'm like out at I'm at, I'm out at Heidi's, you know, staying away from from Louisa so I can go back, but it's like the weirdest rules. Like I'm over 18 and I'm vaccinated with natural like natural immunity because I've had COVID. Like I had the real COVID. I didn't have Omicron. All you Omicron COVID people, that ain't nothing. I had the real deal, Holy Field. All you all you punks and hoes know how I feel. Um so yeah, so that that's that. That's crazy, I, man. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so I'm I'm out I'm out at Heidi's. Yeah. So should we talk about the phone call I got last night? Uh did, did I don't know if we should yet. Maybe hold on to that. Okay. Because I don't know. I mean, you did want to talk to this this dude first before we kind of air okay. it. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Okay. Um, um. <laughs> yeah, that that was exciting, though. It was it was de- definitely exciting. Definitely you know, exciting. What I did last night, and besides drinking too much, I uh, went. Are you still there, Joe? Yeah. One second. I I got a. a uh, yeah. One second. I just got a real quick sip out of text. Okay. COVID protocol. Ball shaving. Pro. Okay. Joe, I want to tell you this thing that I can't put. I'm going to have to edit out. But okay. Four. This is also goofy. So I put on my Christmas list what you had yeah. told me the manscaping thing. Oh, yeah. No, what's weird is my sister bought it for me. I think she was just buying <laughs> shit off my list. She bought it for me. And basically what it did, and I was not expecting this, because I've tried to trim around down there before, and it gets itchy. It gets very itchy. Yeah. So th- I did it. It was not itchy, surprisingly. Like, everything's nice and smooth. But I had the penis of a 12-year-old girl. Oh. Yeah. When you were done? When I was done. I was like, it was like a, the penis of a 12-year-old girl, and I don't yeah, think I like that. No, I don't I even d- like I, saying that. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I think th- I think there are some sort of criminal charges just by saying that sentence. I'm going to have to edit it out right there because that's going to that's gonna come up in court. You, you, should, you should change it to like the penis of a 12-year-old clown because hmm. that – you know, in editing. I've never seen a 12-year-old clown's penis. <laughs> so, yeah. It's, it's just, I'm just so well, on the drain, dude. I would, I, would challenge, I would challenge to say, have you seen the penis of what you mentioned? Um, no. I so have it, it, seen the penis of a 12-year-old boy when I was you, 12. When you were 12. Yeah, and also, you know, quite a few of my friends showed me their wieners. It was a big deal then. Uh, you know, I I don't really feel comfortable. Um, having this discussion. Having this discussion. <laughs> this is... 
It's a statutory. It's a statutory type uh, conversation. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So uh, there's nothing. Uh, the only thing that makes it wrong is that it's it's less than than eighteen. It was um, consensual penis showing at age twelve, and it was more just like, "Do you have pubes yet?" That was the it, conversation, oh or my. just whipping it out and showing it because it's funny. Oh, I rather do that as a forty-four year old. Some boys at work got in trouble. They're twelve-year-old boys, and they got in trouble for showing each other and touching their wieners, and everybody was shocked. Now, granted, these kids have a history of sexual abuse, so you got to be careful. But in my hand, in my head, I'm like, in your hand, in that my was hand, probably, I hope that wasn't a Freudian slip. No, in my head, I was like, isn't that normal? Like, don't twelve-year-olds just normally just whip it out and show each other? I d- I don't think so. Dang it! I don't. Th- I don't think that's uh, "quote unquote" normal. Do you know any counselors I can talk to? <laughs> a few. I got some. I got some stuff to comb through here. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I know one. Or I think uh, your friend Beth can help you. Uh-huh. Is she a licensed therapist? No, she's like a oh. life coach. She'd just be she- like, "Good job talking about your penis, uh, you know, your sexual trauma at age 12." Right, and, and it would still be in there. Here, have around. some more biscuits and gravy. Just exactly. making you feel good. Yeah, it'd be <laughs> nice. <laughs> wait, wait, what got us on this conversation? Because uh, I, I want to get off of it as quick as I can. Yeah, let's do yeah. it. What else should we talk about? Um, oh, well, we're gonna do our our top twenty. So oh. you guys, um, a, a listener right asked us. Okay. Yeah. Well. <laughs> We only have an hour mm-hmm. to do this mm-hmm. because we're going to do it all on the freebie. So we have 40 albums to get through. If we do one a minute, uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. Jelly Bean? I may have more than 20 albums on mine. I got mm-hmm. a problem. My problem is that, like, I got to, like, soundtracks, and I was like, should I put those in there? Because there's some perfect soundtracks. I yeah, I did. I had some soundtracks, but I don't know if they're in my top twenty. And then I had perfect albums that didn't make the list just because they don't make me feel as like as euphoric as the other ones. Mm-hmm. That's and why we have a top twenty. Okay, I'm gonna so tell afterwards. I'm gonna list all my ones that almost made it. How about your, that? All your honorable mentions. Uh huh. So mm-hmm. are we? Are we? I I don't know if we're gonna be able to do all of this within an hour. No. So if we, I know me and you have sat down to record for two hours. So if we go two hours on this, because it's already quarter after, we're we're already a, what 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 time stamp are we at? Fifteen minutes. Yeah. So we're at fifteen minutes already. So we're not gonna get through forty albums in forty five minutes. So we if might. we do our two hours and we just you we break this up, we hit the the after 11 yeah we break it up and then we can use these as freebies okay and then maybe we can record maybe tomorrow or monday we can maybe record an hour for uh paid content yeah or okay. we just do top five lists of things we don't really give a crap about like what's your top five brands of applesauce and you just be like uh yeah, Kirkland and is, is it on is it on sale? That one, the one in the tube that the kids squeeze or fling all over the back seat. That one. 
Okay. You go. Number 20, Joe. Favorite album. Now, the parameters are, we talked about this before, that it has to be a perfect album or nearly perfect. Yes. Where there's no, you're not just picking, uh, like, this album is my favorite because it's got three of my top favorite songs on. However, right. I, I kind of did that with a couple albums because the band... The, they were like my favorite bands, and I had to put my favorite album in there. There's some duds. See, I know, I because I'm I'm with you, but I tried to, like, I agree. There are stuff that I'm like, man, I, I really want this on there because it's one of my favorite bands, and I love this album. Mm-hmm. Like, the album meant a lot to me. So, uh, for for instance, Mighty Mighty Boston's Don't Know How to Party. Mm-hmm. That was the album that introduced me to ska. Mm-hmm. That was the album that just blew my mind as far as this new music that I'd never heard. Yeah. So just for just for getting its back, I wanted to put it on this list, but I can't because I Someday I Suppose is a great song. Mm-hmm. Don't Know How to Party is a great song. Uh-huh. But I can't really stand by the rest of the songs on that album and say that that was a fantastic album. So I had a lot of that where I loved these bands and I loved a particular album because I remember going and purchasing it. Yeah. And, and the nostalgia behind that that purchase and that point in my life. But still, at the end of the day, when I boiled it down, there were only maybe two or three really good songs on the album. And to this day, like I don't like I don't listen all the way through to like don't know how to party. Well, I just listen to the songs that I like. You're going to have to put that on your honorable mentions then. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so these so these 20 are albums that w- when I got them and throughout history, I can just put them on, whether it's digitally, whether it's the vinyl, whether it's a CD, and I can hit play, and I enjoy listening through the whole CD. Through the whole CD. And some songs might be a 10, some songs might be a 5, but they're all good and like driving you know you can listen to it while you're driving all that stuff there's no really like dud duds okay so my my number 20 my number 20 my hometown guy eminem wow. i'm going the eminem show wow the eminem show from i believe 2001 all right i'm going the eminem show marshall mathers so you're picking the hometown hero Hometown Heroes is number 20, yeah. Yeah. And what's funny, when you talk about the honorable mentions, my 20 was like a toss-up between Eminem, the Eminem show, and Kid Rock's Devil Without a Cause. Okay. I'm glad you didn't pick Kid Rock's Devil Without a Cause, because I would, I I don't know. You know what, I've never listened to the album, but I don't really like Kid Rock. Yeah, I, I enjoy Kid Rock. Okay. He to me he's um to me he hasn't let like like he goes up and he does his persona on stage yeah but like everybody around here like in Detroit everybody has like his real name's Bob Ritchie everybody has a Bob story like where you're like he'll you know you'll be in like a in a Outback Steakhouse and like he just comes in and like pays everybody's tab oh that's or, cool yeah like he's just like a super 
Like he's just a super like chill guy. Uh, I personally have never had any uh, interactions with 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 Bob with Kid Rock. Yeah, but tons of people in the area have. And before Devil Without a Cause came out, when he was getting bigger, um, I had heard a story that he used to live in Royal Oak. So the city that I live in, he had a house before he before Devil Without a Cause came out. It was the months leading up to its release. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was living in a house in Royal Oak and he was like sitting outside smoking cigarettes one day and some kid came by and as the album was like getting bigger, like the kid, this kid and his friend, as the story goes, uh, this kid and his friend were like, Hey man, like the, the new album is great. Like your kid rock. He's like, yeah, yeah. They're like new album's great. He's like, Oh, thanks man. And these kids, he like invited the kids and, it's always like whenever you hear the story, it's always like a friend of a friend. And mm. so the story is so, from so long ago, 20 some years ago, that I, I kind of forget the ins and outs. But I remember whoever these kids were, uh, like he just like invited them up on his porch and he was like, you guys want a beer? And they're like, we're 14. And he, he's like, oh, you guys like, I think I have some lemonade. And he like went and like got lemonade and just sat there uh-huh. and like smoked cigarettes. And these kids just he just chilled with them like on his porch for an hour or so. And then the kids were like, "All right, we gotta go." And then the album came out, you know, multi, 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 multi platinum. And he yeah. and he he moved out. Uh, you know, no, actually, he moved out this way to where I am. I am now. And it was you and Nate. Yeah, that was and I just talked. Yes, yes, me and Nate, me and Sang. You and Sang. Sang. We're We're the the kids. kids. That's amazing. Yeah, so I just talked all that about Devil Without a Cause when I actually picked um, the Eminem show. All right, so So the Eminem show, it is a fantastic album. Eminem, maybe the greatest rapper of all time. Yeah, I I think so. I can't. As far as wordsmithing, yeah. I mean, the. There's rhyming, different rhyming like he, yeah. he'll I, I mean, he's super influential, I think. Yeah, I like he he is. It's 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 hard. It's hard to pick. Like, I'm not I wouldn't say like all I listen to is rap, but of rappers that I've heard really good ones like yeah. like Killer Mike, he you can tell he's influenced by Eminem. So, I don't yeah. know. What's your 20? What's okay. your 20? So That means where are you? What's my 20? 10, 4, good pal. Uh, my first, okay, so I had about 20 that almost we're, we're made it. 20. Okay. Yeah, I actually was going to be like 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. I was going to say I had an 11 weight tie for number oh, 20 because wow. I had so much trouble. But I think um I think I'm I'm going to just I'll just sum these up at the end. But okay. for 20, number number 20 for me was Rocket and a Bomb by Mike Knott. Oh, okay. Um it was it is so Mike is a troubled fellow, um, but super influential, like on like on the Christian scene. Like, I, I'm not sure there would have been a cornerstone without this dude. Like he okay. he did, you know, like his early bands, LSU and then Lifesavers Underground. And then he he ran Blonde Vinyl. 
And there were tons of bands like Breakfast with Amy and and like all these early kind of punk and post-punk bands that were in the Christian scene that um, kind of he he either ran the record label for or he influenced. Um, but of all that, like he's just a brilliant wordsmith. He made this album called Rockin' in a Bomb. It was his first solo album. And I think it came out on Tooth and Nail. Could be lying to you. The second one he did, Strip Cycle, was on Tooth and Nail. Okay. Which is also brilliant. But this one is just stories about when he lived in this apartment building and just the characters in it. And it's it's like funny and heartbreaking and uh, just like you feel bad for Mike and then all the people in it. Like he lived down the hall from uh, John Barrymore Jr. And he told this story in some interview, like he didn't know it was him, but like he was getting his mail and he turned around and Drew Barrymore was there getting her dad's mail. And he's like, uh, hey, what are you doing here? And she's like, oh, my dad lives up there. And then he made friends with her dad and the guy gave him the strangest like acting lessons. Like where he would, he would spank him and things like this. And so this stuff oh. made it into the songs. It's just brilliant. Oh. So there you go. Rocket and a Bomb by Mike Knott. Perfect. Yeah. All right. Well, my number 19, um, I again, this, this, this has to be on just because of uh, the 90s listening to this through all the time. And, and I have uh, Nirvana's Nevermind. Okay. And you th- and tell me why you think it's a perfect album. Um, I don't know if on my list when I say top twenty albums, I don't know if I would ever say except my top three. Okay. I don't know if I'd ever say this is a perfect album. I just think when I put Nirvana Nevermind in and I press play or I put that needle on it. I don't need to, I know that at no point I need to like, oh, I got to press skip on this. Yeah. Oh, I got to, I could just let it go and I can sing along to every song on the album. Okay. You, you know, so there, there's a lot, there's a lot of albums that you, you press play and then a song comes on and you never listen to it. So you don't know the, the lyrics to it. You don't know any of that. But like my, my top 20s here, these are kind of just song. These are albums that if I put the CD in and hit shuffle, I'm I'm good with whatever comes up. All right. So that that's kind of how I define my my albums. It's just I I just enjoy every song that's on the the album. I yeah. enjoy some more than others. Um, you know, uh, like uh, uh, something in the way. Like that's my favorite song off that album yeah so you know but it's like something in the way she moves me that's yeah 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 Yeah. perfect that's not that was perfect Um, and we talked about that they had that song on the the batman yeah the batman trailer and oh my gosh after hearing that I probably hadn't listened to Nirvana so in a cool. couple of years. And then after seeing that trailer, 
that album went on immediately. Yeah. Immediately. I think so. I hear what you're saying. There's some albums that I think like that would have gone on, except they got, I listened to them so much. Like, even if I listen to it now, I'm just like, ugh. Like, I almost put um, Rock from the Crypt, Scream, Dracula, Scream on here. Like, it'll get in my honorable mentions because it's really good. Uh But holy crap. Like, Keith and Andy would listen to that nonstop every time they drove for four years. And so I'm just like, like, if I listen to it, I'm like, I can see, I can remember being like, this is amazing, but I'm also still sick of it. Yeah. Yeah, no, I I had that I had that for some. I mean, there's some mm-hmm. albums on here that definitely. In fact, my next one is going to will probably be one of those. But, um, yeah, yeah, where you just you listen to the daylights out of it, and now I try to listen to the album, and it's like, ooh, I don't know if I can listen from all the way. Maybe a song here or there, but to look back and know that there was a time in my life where. You know that you you just press play and and you didn't you didn't ever press stop. Okay, you just listen to the whole album. Yeah, I agree. But yeah, you, I mean, that you is can definitely get sick album. of some of this stuff. Yeah, that's so. I, I agree with your selection, Joe. I'm glad you picked it. Um, this is what I'm worried about with mine. Like, I just gave a legitimate one, and now you're gonna be like, "Is Reese gay?" And the answer is we don't know. Um. It's going to keep building where you're just like, what is, is, should we tell him he's gay? But yeah, so the, <laughs> this, you're going to be very confused with how over, all over the map this stuff is. But like, I don't think any of us are shocked by that. Oh, good. Morning Like This by Sandy Patty. Okay. <laughs> it's my number 19. It has one song that is kind of shitty called Face to Faith. Because it's kind of like this jazzy thing that she is far too white to be singing. I mean, she's super talented. But I know everybody's like, why? Why did you do this to me? Why? I thought you had good taste, Reese. Um, <laughs> the first concert I went to was Sandy Patty and the Friendship Company. It was at McNichols Arena, 1984, at Mile High Stadium, right next door. Michael Jackson and the Jackson 5 was playing playing Thriller. So in between her songs, you would hear Thriller, and it was crazy. Like, they, Sandy would talk about it, like, oh, there, sounds like they're having fun over there. Sinners. <laughs> You know, like I got drugged there by my church youth group. I think I was 11 or 12. I just remember being blown away because she had like a full orchestra. And man, that girl has some pipes. Like she can sing so well. So this album, like it's got a lot of sentimental value to me, but it's just Michael W. Smith wrote about half the songs on it and they're just amazing and then the the singing she she could hit so high like it's like the bottom half of her body is diaphragm it's just straight man she's a good singer so i love that album i put it on i've got 
two copies of it because I, I have one for use and one I'm afraid, like it's the good copy on vinyl. Like a collector. Yeah, it's not, who collects it? Like I found them both at thrift stores, but like it's special to me, so I want to keep it. And I throw it on every single Easter. Usually I listen to it on Christmas too. It's just really good and it just, I mean like, I don't know. I mean mostly nostalgic for me, but... Yeah. That's my 19. All right. So number 18, my number 18 is an album that in 1996, I listened to every freaking day of my life, probably 95, 96. This was constantly on and it's uh, a local, local ska band here in Michigan. And it was the Parka Kings mm. and the Parka Kings and their album, uh, I think they only put out two albums, and this is their first. It's called 23 Skidoo. I don't know if you guys can find it, but I believe it's on YouTube. I think if okay. you YouTube the Parka Kings 23 Skidoo, there's like a YouTube video that just plays the entire album. And listeners, obviously you guys love ska. Uh, some of you still listen to it and appreciate it. Listen to that album, the Parka Kings 23 Skidoo. It's just for for a local band, it's just every song was good. And it was just a good little it was just a good little album. And for that time in my life, um, that's, you know, in like the mid 90s, that's when I got away from like listening to the radio. Mm. And I think I think this may have been the first CD of a local band that I purchased. So it was, it wasn't something that you could hear on the radio. I was tired. I was sick and tired of listening to the radio. And so 23 Skidoo went in the old uh, CD player and was just on nonstop all the time uh, playing. So uh, the guys in Parker Kings, I don't think they went in to be in like other bands or anything like that. Um, oh man, I'm getting... I'm getting phone calls. I'm getting all sorts of stuff over here. This is what happens when you do a podcast at 10 in the morning. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm get, I was getting like a phone call from like Morgantown, Virginia. Sounds legit. Yeah. Ja- I, I, you know what? I'm thinking I need to renew my, my yeah. insurance on my car, my your, warranty. Your warranty. You know, yeah. and if that thing breaks down, that's on you. You got a lot of taken, chances. That I should have taken Joe. that call. I should have taken yeah. that call. I'm yeah. having uh, decliners regrets. Yep. So Parker Kings 23 Skidoo. What's All your right. 18? Uh, 18 for me is not going to ingratiate with me with, with uh, music critics, but it is To Hell with the Devil by Striper. Okay. Again, like super formative for me like i i i my first music that i really was into besides queen and i think queen probably had to something to do with this was classical music so i liked rachmaninoff and tchaikovsky so when i started listening to like metal i was like oh this is what i really wanted it was it like had classical elements but then was heavy as crap so I loved it, and one of the first bands I was introduced to was Striper by Keith, and that album had just come out, like, when he and I met. It's so good. Um, 
it's a little cheesy, but I mean, Striper, like as far as glam metal bands, like I think they beat them all. You know, like you, you like Poison. Poison sucks. Poison has oh, one good Poison. song. Every rose has a thorn. Oh, and then, I almost put open up and say ah, ah on this list. Garbage. Love that album. Sorry, I love that Joe. Album. I don't. I like Motley Crue. Unskinny okay. Bob. Unskinny oh, that song is garbage. Every what is rose. it about? Unskinny Bop. Yeah, it's about having making sweet love. No. Like yeah, that's the unskinny hi- bop. Hire somebody to write your lyrics. Cause like let's come up with a better term than unskinny bop. No, wait, At you're losing. Wait. In. No. in the old man's fort. Striper. Behind them bushes. Oh my gosh. Striper. The harmonies, like all four of them singing harmonies all the time, like so good. Michael Sweet is such an amazing singer, had like such a crazy range. And then the way they layered their guitars, insane. Like I I would say I would fight anybody that thinks, except for you, Joe, I'll Mm. give you this, that thinks there is a better glam metal band than Striper. It's funny. There's a guy that I work with who, judge, judging the book by its cover, nothing about him you would ever think uh, that his favorite band was Striper. Yeah. Like like down in the locker room one day, he's like, hey, were you in a Christian band? And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, do you like Striper? And I'm like, oh, here we go. Like the typical, that's usually people around our age, their go-to to try and make like a dig. Like, oh, I bet you listen to Striper. You're a Christian. Uh, and so he brings it up. I'm like, okay, here we go. Where's this going to go? And he's like, I love that band. And he just he just talks about like how that's like his favorite band. And I want to say like three years ago, they came through Detroit and played like some little club. Yeah. And and he bought his tickets like way in advance. And he, he went, man, and he loved it. And after the show, he was telling me all about it. Like the next day, he's like, dude, Striper played. And it was he was like, they only played for like 40 people. And, oh my gosh! And he, and he loved it. He this, loved it. You should have gone. <laughs> we played one year at Cornerstone. Like we played, they were playing Cornerstone at the main stage, and somehow, I think we played before them, and we had to share uh, the trailer backstage with them. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I was my normal self when I'm around musicians that i admire i was like uh uh hey talking to them like trying to act like a human um but then they freaking were just like doing their vocal warm-ups and just singing together and it's better than like their warm-up was better than anything my band has ever made just the four of them singing backstage and then i remember being like, holy crap, you guys sound so good. How much did you practice for this show? And they go, we don't practice anymore. So this is before they had put out any of their newer albums since Uh they got back together. But like, they were just like, yeah, it's just kind of muscle memory. We don't practice. We'll just warm up backstage. And I like my jaw just hit the floor because they were so tight. They were so good. And you're just talking their pants. Yeah, their pants were tight. Man, 
Dave. For real, I love Dave. Dave. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's what Dave. Yes. <laughs> All right, your turn. Number 17. My number 17 is Face to Face Big Choice. Oh, good one. Such a good album. Um, I was introduced to this album by Nathan Shogren. Uh, we were right out of high school. I believe mm-hmm. it was around 96. And uh, I don't know. He just uh, he picks me up from my house one day and was like, hey, I just picked up the new Face to Face. And I'm like, don't know what you're talking about. Don't know who they are. Popped them in. I think the the very first chord that plays, uh, I was hooked and I have been a face-to-face fan ever since. And this was just an album that I remember just played the summer before the Insiders really hit big. Uh-huh. So it was that summer of like 96 um, where, where we're starting to do stuff. We're starting to play more shows. We're starting to play festivals. And this was like the album that was played in the van just all the time. All the time. If we were going somewhere, this album was playing and it was just every song was like a sing along. And so, uh, yeah. um, and just for, for me, I don't know why. I mean, I'm sure there's, there's other albums when I think about it that may have like better artwork, but something about that artwork of just that, that claw game, the, the big choice claw game yeah. that, that you play in an arcade in the middle of like, just like a field with like a blue sky behind it. That's just yeah. always stuck with me. To me, that's just that's just like an iconic cover for me personally. I just always think of that. Whoever did the marketing on that, whoever did the mm. artwork on that, I don't, I don't know if they just threw that together for something or if there's a. It big is an meaning. iconic cover. Yeah, if there's like a bigger meaning, but it that that artwork has just always stayed with me. And I was trying to pick between like Big Choice and then their next one, the face to face where I think it's the self titled where he's looking in the mirror. Yeah, and I I think what was my tiebreaker was the artwork of Big Choice will just always be in my brain um, because of that album. Yeah, yeah, good choice. Uh, 17 for me is going to be Hot Fuss by The Killers. Oh, great Um, album. Yeah, I think, like, I can listen to it, the entire thing. I listen to it a lot. And it's also kind of sentimental for me. Um, I went on a trip with Amy to, um, to Croatia, and we listened to it a ton, just like driving between um, Zagreb and this city called Dubrovnik. And it was beautiful, and we just kept listening to it. So it's got a lot of sentimental value yeah. from my marriage and when it was good. But I just love the songs on it. I love... The locals were like, yes, the killers, yes. Yes. We like the hot fuss, yes. We, we like, like the, the hot, hot fuss, fuss, too. We like the hot fuss, we like the killers, yes. I make a graffiti. <laughs> uh, a young little scalawax down the road uh, did a graffiti <laughs> of the killers, yes, on the wall, the brick wall, so, yes. What I love is it kind of kick-started like this like the revival for me of new wave bands. Cause it was like, it had just all these new wave kind of eighties elements and the I, keyboards I, and stuff. I agree with you a thousand percent. I think cause in, at least in like high school, 
the kids are now into the 90s. So yeah. everything that was cool in the 90s is cool now. The last few years, it's been like the 80s. Yeah. And I, I would agree with you, man. I think the Killers started, like, kick-started that 80s comeback. Yeah. Like, the, the Killers were doing, like, the neon colors. Mm-hmm. You know, they were kind of doing that stuff, like, on their albums or, like, a video or something. Like, they were... They they were into like bringing back the neon colors, the bringing mm-hmm. the bringing back the synthesizers and everything like in the yeah. songs and yeah yeah I, I would agree with you. Yeah. I don't their newer stuff like they've got they you can tell Brandon Flowers really loves Bruce Springsteen and so they've pulled away from the '80s stuff and gone more into just like this kind of Springsteen style rock, which is good but it's not as good to me. So I yeah. love that album. That's it. What what were the See, I'm I love I love the Killers. Mm-hmm. I I got into the Killers late, like I was late to that party and uh all cards on the table. The the Killers songs that I'm that I'm familiar with, I think are just picking and choosing from albums. Like yeah. I like um I like uh you had a boyfriend who looked like a Mr. girlfriend. Mr. Brightside. Mr. Brightside no. is that is that That's on not Hot Mr. Fuss? Brightside. That is called Yeah, that is on Hot Fuss. Okay. And then Mr. Brightside is on Hot Fuss, right? Yeah. No, that is Mr. Brightside. No, 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 no. Okay, what is I think that that's song? you had a girlfriend or something like that. You had a boyfriend. And then you of last year. I covered in and I got but Somebody told me. Somebody told me, yep. So somebody told me and Mr. Brightside, are those two on Hot Fuss? Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are great. I also like. I don't think it's on Hot Fuzz, but I love. Is it Spaceman? Uh, like one of their albums. Th- I think that might be on Day and Age. I think it was on the one that was before. Was it before Hot Fuzz? I don't know. But Killers Space are good. Spaceman. It's on Day and Age, number three. Okay, I do like. I do like that band. Day and Age is amazing too. I just think sentimentally, Hot Fuzz. Yeah. Is good. Yeah. yeah, I mean... I'll give it to you, man. I'll give it to you. All right. Let's hear it. What is number 16 for you? 16 for me. The Light of Things Hoped For by Brave oh. St. Saturn. Joe, fuck you. Great, great album. <laughs> you asshole. I... Joe. This, yeah. This album, this album from front to back, just like you're wiping, right? From front to back. That's how you should, yes. Um... So I th- this album is just great for me, and I didn't get into this album until both of our careers, like the the wave had crashed. Yeah. Um, and I was no longer doing uh like the insiders full time, and I believe that's when I got this album. And I just listening to song after song after song, every single one that comes up is is amazing. I mean. You know, we talk about if you can get like two or three good hits off an album, uh, you're doing pretty good as an artist. And this album for me, uh, I mean, every song on there you can like sing along to. Every song is great. I played I played two of the songs for Heidi and I was talking to her about something in it in, in one day. I was talking about something and I was like, oh, there's a song. And so I played it. She's listening. It just quiet in the living room. Listening to, I think, Estrella. 
she's crying. Like I see the tears rolling down her eyes. Later on in the day, we're talking about something, or maybe we were watching a movie, and I I play Daylight, and I go, oh hey, this is th- this is uh, another song off that album, and play Daylight, same thing. Like just sitting there listening to the like we're not talking, nothing else is going on, just sitting there listening, and same thing, like tears streaming down both of our faces. So this album, I think, emits. Uh, the whatever vibe that you wanted, because the the CD appears to be, it feels like it's a story, right? So it's yeah. I I feel like that the album is a story, and I think whatever story that that is that you were telling uh, comes across. Like you you go from song to song, and your emotion goes. It's not just like it's not like listening to like Blink One Eighty Two. Uh, enema of the state where it's like good songs but each song stands on its own like you're invested like a movie when when you press play for this album like when i press play on this album i'm not i'm not just playing it to hear estrella i'm not hearing i'm just pressing play just to hear daylight everything goes through and and it's it's like you don't just put in return of the jedi and watch 20 minutes in the middle of the movie you have to watch the whole movie with this album you have to watch the whole thing because it gets you at the beginning then it takes you all the way through the end and and the happy ending at the end and it's amazing so stick that in your butt and fart it out reese no comment thank you okay 16 for me is rock in the suburbs by ben folds um i was never a folds fan have you heard this album? No, because I, I, I explain it to me. Let me know why you pick it. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to just poo-poo you. No, right no, off no, the no, rip. no. It's fine. It's like, like so. You were never, you never got into Ben Folds. Was it his voice to you, or just like Nate, the style of music? Nate, Bo, Bram, those guys were all in on Ben Folds. Like uh-huh. they still go see him whenever he comes through. Like whenever he's doing something. I know that Bo and Nader at that show. It just it just never a- appealed to me. I think the first song I ever heard from him, like whatever his first like radio hit was, like whatever song was like on MTV or something, I just yeah. I, I just didn't get into it. I was at a different point in my life. So I wanted I wanted grittier punk. I wanted more like I wanted gritty punk. I wanted pop punk. I wanted that type of stuff and then when folds came out i was just kind of like nah, not I'm, that I'm, at all yeah yeah it's like if you grew up listening to billy joel and elton john super tramp stuff like that like he's got his influences on his sleeve all the time yet he's kind of got this punk rock rebelliousness to him so rock in the suburbs it was like his first solo album away from Ben Folds 5 and he it was on a major label and I think there was like you can tell there's all this tension of him trying to please the label and then him just being like no I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do that I'm not gonna change a song for it so like this song Rock in the Suburbs um he says the word fuck in it and uh I think it it should have been like a like a top forty song, but he 
he ruined it on purpose, I think. <laughs> but like the rest of it, even that song is amazing. But like he's, I think he's such a brilliant songwriter. Like musically, you can tell he's kind of just tortured artist because he's a really good pianist. He's a really good songwriter, but at this point when he was making this album, I think he was too young to know it. Like, I think people were either just blowing smoke up his ass or he felt like he wasn't good enough. And this album is, seems to me like he's trying to prove something to himself. Okay. So the lyrics are just straight. It's like rocking in a bomb. Like, it's just very emotional stories about people where you can just metaphorically draw and be like, that's me. Or I know somebody like that. And the, the last song has got to be, uh, it is the most beautiful love song I've ever heard. The luckiest. And, you know, like we played it at our wedding I know tons of people that had it in their wedding. It was for his ex-wife. It's heartbreaking, you know, like that. And the fact that me just thinking about my wife coming down the aisle to it, it's such a beautiful song. Just, it's just piano and cello and like some female background vocals and Ben Folds. It's so good. I've gone to see him live like with a small like uh, quartet, yeah, brilliant. He's so brilliant. Um, it's hard to get that because I think in the '90s, people were just like, "Ah, yeah, Ben Folds," and they'd play you some something that would make radio. Yeah, but that's all I know of it. Everything, everything that dude has done is at at least at least in the top 10 of 90s music in the 90s. But, like, even since then, the stuff that he's done. But some of the albums and some of his songs are just heartbreaking. They're so good. Like the song Magic, if you ever listen to that, it's just heartbreaking. It's so hard. It's about a friend of his dying. And But this whole album, I think, is just incredible especially yeah. the last song so all give right. it a listen all right my, let's my go for 15 15 ocho de cinco um how i spent my summer vacation by the bouncing souls all right this this was like my big introduction into uh-huh. The, the Bouncing Souls. So, like, when this album came out, I didn't I didn't know the Souls before this. And then I would see, like, their little logo on guitar cases, like that little, like, like little circle, like, ball with the arms. Yeah. And, 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 like, that little, like, yeah, like, the Bouncing Soul. And so I would see that everywhere, and I was always like, what is that? What is that? And then... I see the record and that logos on the record. I'm like, Oh, this is, Oh my God. So, you know, so it's like putting two and two together. And then the first time I put that in the same thing, every single song, you just go from song to song to song. 
And the crazy thing about Bouncing Souls is like they're not like they were never played on the radio. Like they never made it to like your local radio station or anything like that. So the fun thing of listening to this album, I always thought, is as you listen to it, I like to think to myself, like, if they were like a big time band, like which one of these songs would have made it onto the radio? Would it have been true believers? You know, I love that song. The Insiders, we used to cover that. And that was always like a really fun one to cover. But, you know, it's it's you you listen to every song. You're like, oh, I bet this would be their their first single. And then you listen to the next song. You're like, I think this would be their first single. I think this would definitely be played on the radio. Oh, this would. And the Bouncing Souls are just like I've never met them. They just seem like the raddest guys. Um, Just a great band. They just continue to put out good music okay um they're one of those bands that on my apple itunes Mm -hmm. they're the only band on my apple itunes that i have clicked that if any of their new stuff comes out i'm like alerted to it and i like automatically like download it so they're the only band that 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 happens uh i need to do a deep dive on bouncing souls because i had so my first album with them was Maniacal Laughter. Yeah. And I just remember I was like, I liked two songs on it. So that's why I bought it. And then I was like, eh, I don't like this very much. And then I gave it away. And then for like the next year, I would be like thinking about that album. Like it slowly like got into my head and then I never bought it back. So I'm yeah. bummed. I bought uh, like their self-titled one. Which I loved, you know, like who's gonna throw the toilet? Yeah. But uh, yeah. I, I need think... to listen to more of their stuff. I I keep forgetting that I have iTunes now. You know, like you can listen to all yeah. the albums. Uh, and I'll, I'll just be like, I don't know, what do I want to listen to? And I forget I can go back and listen to stuff that I missed. Exactly. Like that. And how I spent my summer vacation, I think, I think it's. It was their breakout. When I okay. go back and I listen to the stuff before, it it sounds, it just sounds like, just like you said, you'd get an album and there might be two songs on it that are like, oh, okay, yeah, I like these songs. And it seemed very local and it seemed mm-hmm. very, we don't know what we're doing. Yeah. And something happened with how I spent my summer vacation. Like those guys grew up. Okay. And they figured it out. And I think how I spent my summer vacation turned them from like a minor league player into like a major league, like all star. Okay. And it's just, it's just amazing. And then every album from then on out, every single album, you know, anchors away um, the gold album. Uh, uh, I want to say like uh, Ghosts of the Boardwalk. I don't know if that's on the gold album or what. Like just ridiculous. They just they keep putting out good music. They just keep pumping it out. And so, um, but how I spent my summer vacation, I think, kickstarted all that. They they went from like garage punk band to this phenomenal like rock band. All and right, I, I think it's amazing. So I know what I'm going to listen to today. Yeah, some bouncing souls. Heck yeah! What's your fifteen? Yeah. So 15 for me is, it was hard to pick. This band only put out three albums. This is one example of 
because I've hinted at this. I hate the music of the 90s, and I think there was only like 20 good bands. Keep talking. This is one of them. Hey, keep talking. I have to zip out a text, so keep talking. All right. So it's the, the band is The Sundays, and they had their first album, Reading, Writing, and Arithmetic, came out in 1990. Okay. That's the one I picked. Their third one, Static and Silence, came out in 97. And that also is... It, it made honorable mention. I, I was, it was a toss-up between those two, but reading, writing, and arithmetic was very, I guess, sentimental for me, so I kept it. So it's number 15. It's like almost shoegazery folk stuff. Okay. It's just beautiful. Like all the songs on it are so good, like really good, just chill music. The singer, I don't know her name, but she's... Just sounds like the sweetest English lady, little British girl. So, so awesome. I Tammy. love that album. Her name's Tammy. Tam- name's Tammy? Uh, Tammy Hutchinson. Yeah, I mean, yeah it's kind of like old, like old Smith stuff, but without Morrissey, which I think would have made the Smiths better. It's like with a really sweet girl singing, so I love it. Okay. What's that called again? The Sundays. Reading, writing, and arithmetic. Yes. I remember them. Never never got into them, never listened to them. But I do remember them. So let's see. The next one I'm going with, do you need to take a break? Hang on. What's up, honey? Those things, how you plug into the one in the charger thing. Do I have a plug-in charger thing? Yeah. There's one in the kitchen by the sink. Hey, you need to get dressed and tell Lyndon it's time to get dressed, too. Okay. Love you. Okay. Isn't it great when your kids, they're at that age where you have to tell them it's they got to get dressed? Uh, I feel like a, I could benefit from this instruction <laughs> like some days. every day who just told you, hey, Reese, it's time to get dressed. Hey, buddy. Like no, like this is what I think they should go with robot technology, and it's like a robot that's non-judgmental, but just tells you basic things, but uh, doesn't annoy you. And like you're not getting dressed, you know. Like it would just be like, hey, I noticed you're still in your pajamas. <laughs> you doing all right, buddy? I find Why don't you get odd. dressed? I find this odd that I have to say this a third time. Please put mm-hmm. your pants on. <laughs> no no nagging just like hey, hey buddy you thinking about getting dressed why don't you go eat something just with real pants uh, on. yeah with pants on you know what sounds good right now a pudding cup with pants on remember that time you spilled salsa on your penis let's not get a repeat <laughs> put the pants on the spicy yeah. salsa that did happen to me as a oh. as a young kid, I was, we were in Mexico. I was age six. I was wearing those short, little seventies shorts, and yeah. somehow a salsa just dripped right out of a taco right onto my penis, and uh, I was like, ah! Ah! <laughs> the best part was my mom's remedy for it was uh, every day I had to dunk my penis in a cup of hotel water. <laughs> what? Mm-hmm. 
She's like, it'll make it feel better. I was like, it does it. Also, I don't You're know like, if you've but if read I had anything an apple pie. or heard any anecdotal stories about the water in Mexico, Mom. <laughs> yeah. Oh. There you go. Well, number fourteen. All from, right. Are, from are salsa, we, from salsa on penises to number Joseph, fourteen. We're an hour into this. I know. Should we call it quits for this episode and start on the next five for the next? Yeah. Yeah, let's okay. do it. All right. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening. I, no, yeah. I can't do it as well as you can. No, but you're not, you're not kidding. You guys, um, so freebie guys, we're just going to continue to go through our list. We've, we've gone through five. So we're going to do the next, you know, whatever. We've gone through six. So we're going to continue to do it. But on time, we're at, we're at an hour right now. And so, uh, An hour straight narcissism. Yeah. So we're listen gonna, we're to gonna, me and my choices, yeah. you fools. Yeah. So we're gonna call it, and we'll see you. Right. Bye. Love you guys. Peace. Bye. Goodbye, everybody. Yes. Yes. For more shows like this one, visit rockcandyrecordings.com.